them up, drink them down Whiskey and cigars all around Cheers, y'all Party, folks. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine podcast, radio broadcast, and internet extravaganza, now that we're actually on the internet, uh, <laughs> known all over the globe as the world famous Smokin' and Toastin'. We are so glad to have you here for show number 237, as we yeah, talk about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We had a couple of false starts there because we had some uh, internet uh, audio issues, that appear to have been corrected by our uh, uh, our erstwhile producer Adam. So uh, thank you, Adam. It's and nice thank you to, for uh, uh, Onstark for letting us know that we were having those. Yeah, issues. yeah. So you know what? We would have gleefully been going on sounding terrible. Oh, oh yeah. We could have gone. Uh, we could have done a whole show sounding like that. Would have been. I don't know. For me, it might have been an improvement. But uh, I, I, I notice that you're not holding a microphone today, mm. there, Cruz. I feel well, like. So, a, as I think I pointed out a few shows ago. Uh, I have moved into the high-tech world of Ian Barry, uh, and uh, I received actually as a Christmas gift from my wife a uh, wonderful wireless microphone with the little stuff so that when we're on these on-location yeah. shows like we are today at Stogie's, that uh, I can be just as cool as you with the wireless. Aren't those things called Mr. Microphone? I think they are, yeah. In <laughs> fact, <laughs> in fact, what a lot of people don't know is I have actually been driving down the streets in my neighborhood going... Hey, good looking. We'll be back to pick you up later. <laughs> Remember that? That was the Mr. Microphone. Uh, Thank you so much. Oh, wow. Thank you, they even brought coffee. Is it you? So, oh. uh, so I, I'm not a coffee guy. So if you want to go. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, anyway, uh, I'm now showing what a wireless mic novice I am because I brought the transmitter part of it and not the receiver part today. No, so, no, I got I to ask you uh, a little bit about your wireless mic since you got it. Have you mm -hmm. used it for recording and stuff like that? Mm, not, not really, because I, I have a really nice mic set up when I do recording at home, so I've uh, been just using that. So really, I got it only I have for this, the this show. Is, this is a little wireless system Sennheiser mm -hmm. makes, and they make it for guitars as well. Mm -hmm. I end up using mine at home all the time. It's just one less cable i got to deal with. Well, I have the I lavalier it. mic on, which I believe is I know, this yours, Adam. More free than this, I this am. This is Adam's lavalier mic, which I think he uses to go out like, on like, you know, uh, bicycle treks and stuff, and film and, and do crazy I'm nature. I'm super things. jealous on that yeah. now. Too. Yeah, so, so turn the tables on me. Yes, so it yeah. pick up the wind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How how is it picking up the wind? I haven't tried it on. Yep. I haven't gone on a bike right now. Oh, okay. Amazing. Uh, yeah. It'll be it'll be fun to do. It'll be fun to do. So anyway, yeah, I have both hands free, which is wonderful. It's a it's a great thing, especially since, and this always happens when we go on location if we're smoking cigars, as we are today. And by the way, this is a wonderful Oliva Serie V uh, that I'm smoking. And I have to ask you if we're saying that wrong later, but we'll get to that. Uh, but it's nice to be able to smoke it and not have to juggle the microphone. You know, uh, which which I've always had to do. Before, or, or so. If you're like me, you always set the cigar down with one hand, then you end up swapping hands, and you're like, now my cigar's in the wrong place. <laughs> so I, I actually preempted that by putting the ashtray directly in front of me so I can reach it either hand today. Well, <laughs> well, I'll let you work on that. In the meantime, we're going to welcome our special guest, Trenton Smith from Oliva Cigars. Trenton, Hello. welcome. Thank you. It is nice to have you back on the show. It has it, been too long. It really has. It really has. This and is your third time on the show now? Yes. Yeah. Like third official time. I think we've the first time we were talking about this, the first time we were out at Man Cave, which yes, doesn't yes. exist anymore, it's now, uh, that location is now Maduro's. Yes. Uh, but, uh, but that was a fun show. 
and uh, and then we've we've had you once before. I think we might have been at uh, Casa de Monte Cristo, maybe that time. No, Is that we were, were at Lemon. No. Oh, we were at BB yep. Lemon. That's right. That's right. Well, that was good and that was fun. So. Uh, yeah, we had some good cocktails that day. Too. Today we are uh, in the in the uh, Stogies uh, VIP lounge, which is really one of the it's nicest really VIP in lounges in in town. It's really, really beautiful. We were talking on the uh, uh, aborted first try of the show about how amazing their humidor is and how much fun it is to just walk through it. And you were talking about your your yeah. humidor uh, sort of normal way you roll yeah, through. My humidor. Uh, uh, Walk through. I usually like when I walk into a humidor, especially if I haven't been in there a while. I do a whole walk through mental inventory, and then I go through the second time around and decide mm -hmm. what I'm going to pick up. That's kind of how I go. Mm -hmm. Just so you know, in the background here, these lockers, the face of each one of these lockers is covered in this beautiful bird's eye maple, and uh, you can't see it from back there on the camera, but up close, they're absolutely stunning. Bruce just uh, said in the messaging, "Thank, uh, th there you go. That's better." So I guess our, our mics maybe that adapter did it. Yeah. There you go. Okay. All right. Okay, we're well, learning. you know what? We uh, we learn as we go. It's only show number two hundred and thirty-seven. So uh, still room for improvement. You, we'll you can't expect out. us to have figured it out by now. <laughs> uh, so uh, so welcome to the show. We are halfway to three hundred. Halfway to three hundred. Uh, our special guest is Trenton from Oliva, and uh, we want to let you know that we are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. It is uh, great T-shirts. For cigar lovers, available on the web. They started under 20 bucks, and there's new designs available uh, for summer and more coming, I understand. So excited, awesome. about, uh, excited about that. So on today's show, we'll be trying some, uh, uh, some delicious Oliva cigars, of course, as well as uh, some interesting beverages from Three Sons Brewing Company out of Dania Beach, Florida. We'll be trying their Clockwit Orange. Clockwit? Clockwit Orange. Nice. It is a wit beer. Uh, and it's got a great, uh, we'll bring the can out here in a minute, but it's got a great Clockwork Orange style design to, can the, uh, to the can. Uh, from Austin, Texas and Fourth Tap Brewing Company, uh, we'll be trying their Stay Gold Hoppy Pale Ale, which is co-branded with one of the most exciting new bands. Uh, they're new to me. I, I think they've been around for a little while. Out of Austin, the Black Pumas. And you may remember I talked about this after I saw them on the Grammys. I didn't know anything about them, Aren't, and they blew me away. They were so good. Are they the ones that did the uh, the uh, the uh, uh, there was a TV show they did a um, they did the theme song for? Was that them? Or I don't I think, think so. Else? These no, guys okay, these guys else. are fairly new. It's got this like older white guy on guitar that looks like he could be a member of the fabulous thunderbirds nice and then it's got this young short dreadlock black guy on lead vocals that is just sensational and i mean it's like it's like gary clark jr oh, meets the fab t-birds i remember i was hanging out with some friends in austin uh right pre-covid and right they live right by zilker park so right by their house they have free concerts, and we ended up seeing them there. That's where. How I were they live? They were fantastic. Yes, yeah, they blew Absolutely me away fantastic. when I saw them on the Grammys. Yeah, we were just up on the a bunch uh, of live performance the video grass, and stuff yeah. since then. And they've just just great, but I have not actually seen them live. Anyway, they did this uh, beer with Fourth Tap out of Austin uh, called Black Pumas Stay Gold. It's a hoppy pale ale. Stay Gold. Is that like Stay Gold Pony Boy? I think so, yeah. I think so. <laughs> uh, and then finally, from Revision Brewing Company in Sparks, Nevada, we'll be uh, tasting their Finite Madness. 
Uh, it's an imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels, so I know you're not going to be interested That's in that. That's the worst, yeah, no yeah, way. Yeah, so, uh, And then Ian brought along a, a very interesting-looking bottle of, uh, of whiskey today, too. Yeah, we're going on the uh, budget side, actually, today. We're having the Old Granddad High Rye Mashville Bonded Kentucky Straight bourbon whiskey well that's the thing about like old granddad is not the world's most expensive it is uh, not whiskey. it is not and i've had i haven't had this expression so this will be a, a new one for us uh, to try i've had the 114 and the regular old granddad the 114 is fantastic the regular old granddad is also quite good and not very expensive at all yeah i mean yeah. it's like 15 or something a bottle is that mm -hmm. yeah in that neighborhood? it's like it's, ridiculous yeah, yeah. I, this is a one-liter bottle, and I think I paid $22 for it well, or something. Well, it just goes to show you, and we'll see how it tastes, but it just goes to show you that you don't have to always spend so, a lot of money to get a good whiskey. So when I went to uh, Angel's Envy uh, last year, one of the things that the guys, the guy there talked about was the bond, you know, bottled and bond thing. Right. And he goes, and he made an, a pretty profound statement, actually, uh, and I'm going to quote him. He said, you know, uh, the, the bottled and bond was made to create uh, quality control, basically, mm -hmm. you know, so that uh, so that you weren't getting, uh, you know, some bad whiskey because was, that was rampant at the time. However, he goes, even if you look on the lower shelves and you find something that's bottled in bond, it's probably at least good. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I'll, I'll be excited to try. I love that you went to... Uh uh, to uh, Angel's Envy. I bet you do. I picked you up a present there. Uh -huh. <laughs> that rye is so delicious. And you even had my name inscribed on the bottle. That's right. It was that's very, right. It was very, yeah, that, that's one of those, like, uh, it's like I do when I get a bottle of uh, uh, Reserva de la Familia from uh, Cuervo. It's, it, I meet it out in small quantities. Right. That, that's for special occasions. And if you get a second bottle, you've got to pour it into the first one because yeah. it's got your name actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, stupid question. Somebody else may have this, but what does bottled and bond mean? Oh, so bottled and bond is, uh, is uh, what they started doing because um, way back, 1800s and whatnot, I can't remember the year that bottled and bond happened. Uh, the, but the bottled and bond uh, act uh, was enacted because there were so many... Um, what do you call it? Uh, Bootleggers. Bootleg, not real. Like they just put it in bottles and stuff. And so you can. So what they did is they came up with a set of uh, a set of rules that uh, you had to uh, you had to your whiskey had to be made. Uh, I believe one season, one uh, distillery, and then it was put into a bonded warehouse for the uh, the term of its. And, uh, and the bonded was actually overseen by the government, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And the bonding was overseen by the government. That way, uh, if it said it was bonded. The government has made sure that, and and that whole act has made sure that what you're getting is a, a whiskey that has met at least these. And so, bottle and bond has um, has kind of come back uh, of late as yeah. a sort of a way to let the buyer know that hey, this is mm -hmm. this is something special. It's this at least a, yeah, it's at least this quality, you know. And and I don't think that a, a lot of companies would bother going through the process if. Uh, if they've got bad liquid, you know. Right, right. Just to put bottled and bond on there, I, I, I feel like that uh, that if your liquid is not good enough to to sell, then mm -hmm. you wouldn't go through the process. Well, it's a government process, so there's going to be money involved in it. The government's right. going to get their cut. Of yeah. course, yeah, that's, that's so does, always going to be. Does it the also case. have to do with the proof? No. Okay. It could be. Yeah, it could be a different proof. It'd be. I mean, it has money. to be at least. I think. Uh, well, I think, I think it's, it's the barrels are bonded, so it's it's not. This is bonded from the barrel, which is bonded. It's not bonded 
in the bottle itself. But I think so most, then they can change the proof afterwards, maybe? I don't know. I, I don't know. Somebody I needs to tell us. And, yeah, somebody will know. I think most bottled and bond that I have tried have been a little higher proof. I, I was thinking the same you thing. Know, so... Uh, I so think maybe that's 1792. That's bottled. Yeah, bond. yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. There's, there's a there number is. Of you can get old Forester bottled and bond. It's fantastic, and again, it's not it's super not crazy yeah, either. Yeah, yeah. So a good thing. Well, we're looking forward to trying the old Granddad, which has got to be. Uh, if you think about what's the least sexy name of any spirit <laughs> on the planet, that would probably be it. Old, get not just granddad, some, old, old granddad. Get yourself some old granddad. You know, I'm, I'm a granddad, but I don't think of myself as an old granddad. You know what I mean? I think of myself as a young granddad. State of mind. You're more yeah, of a right. gramps, right? Yeah, grand, uh, pops, actually. <laughs> pops, okay, there you go. Uh, well, we uh, have some interesting things to talk about on the show, uh, as well as uh, Oliva Cigars today. Uh, there's a new uh, article out that I want to share with you. 12 new vodkas that should be on your radar right now. Right now. Yeah, uh, so we have that. Also, the Texas Whiskey Festival has released their announcement of the top Texas whiskeys of 2021. And um, I, I've had this article for a few weeks, but we've had other whiskey people on it. And I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to do the list if they weren't on the list. Which doesn't mean their whiskey isn't good. It's just I thought that might be like kind of an uncool thing to do. It kind of like be doing a list list of the best cigars, and somehow Oliva's not on there. Well, that, that's that, not possible. That, well, okay, there you go. <laughs> not happening. Uh, Trenton, it's so much fun to have you on the show, and obviously we are, Ian and I are uh, both just huge fans of uh, Oliva cigars. As Ian, I think, was saying before the show, they're in sort of our regular purchase. So you rotation. started off with the with the um, Siri V. Siri V Maduro. Maduro, yeah, which yeah. I love. Which yes, yeah. that's an absolute. And you started with the Connecticut. I started right? off with Connecticut, and and I mentioned a couple times. I was like, man, this makes me want some coffee with it. Mm -hmm. And uh, Trenton went and asked him. She made coffee, and thank this you, coffee, Jenny. by the way, yes, thank you, Jenny. <laughs> this coffee, by the way, right now is at the exact temperature, which it will stay for about thirty-three more seconds, where right? It's, <laughs> where it's perfect amount of heat, yeah. and drinkable, right? And it's fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely so fantastic. Uh, coffee goes well with Connecticut's in general, right? That goes well with cigars. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know that I've ever had a cigar and coffee pairing that didn't go well together unless you're trying to have, like, a flavored cigar of some and, sort. And it's not like beer. For example, we but, talk about the fact that some beer goes great with cigars and then others. Like, I'm, I love IPAs, but I don't often drink them yeah. when I'm having a cigar because more often than not, they There's fight each other a little definitely a bit. clash factor yeah, there. they fight each other a yeah, little that, bit. Yeah, that, the, the big hoppy flavor doesn't, doesn't always jive well with cigars. But this Connecticut just made me think. Man, um, when I went to, um, that's an incomplete thought, I'll get back to it. Uh, when I went to uh, Ybor City, uh, we got there kind of in the morning, and it was interesting to wander around Ybor City, which is all just this cigar culture thing. I'm sure you've been there. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and, and this is what they do. Everyone is sitting outside with a cup of coffee and cigars. Everyone. Like, it's in all front of all the little shops. Everywhere. Yeah. If I you have that. a cigar shop next to a coffee shop, both places are making money in Ybor City. <laughs> I love that. And it's, it was everywhere. It was absolutely wonderful. You know, but but I, I frequently, you know, when I do my cigar reviews, I'll have a cup of coffee. Uh, there mm -hmm. with it, unless unless it's a really light cigar, and then I need to be able to taste the cigar. Oh, and it's a Cuban tradition. Yeah, yeah. Cuban coffee, really strong with some a uh, lot of sugar or sweetness to it. But that would go perfect with that Connecticut because that's a very mild, had some sweetness to it that would just complement the yeah. coffee. So speaking of that, and of Ybor City, uh, the J.C. Newman Cigar Company, which is located there, mm -hmm. um, has 
based on the fact that it is allowable under certain conditions to import Cuban coffee into the U.S., it has to be from private growers, not from any government-grown uh, uh, government uh, coffee. But it is allowed, apparently, under certain conditions. J.C. Newman ha is petitioning the United States government to allow them to do the same thing with Cuban tobacco, where they would be able to import... As a gross product. Yeah, as a gross product, right. And, of course, only from private independent farmers in Cuba rather than uh, you know rather than from any government thing so we'll see how all of that goes but it, you know if that petition is accepted it could really change things for cigar companies i mean i don't know how many would jump at the chance you know i've been enjoying at, at this point in my cigar smoking adventures I almost enjoy Nicaraguan cigars more than I enjoy uh, Cuban cigars. Well, and so much of it came from Cuba. All right. the heritage, the uh, tradition, the knowledge of how to grow the tobacco, how mm -hmm. to cultivate it, how to age it, how to make the cigars. I mean, most of the cigar companies are Cuban-based mm -hmm. at, at some point. Right, that's where the origin yep. was of, well, of the company. I think, I think the cigar, we can draw a parallel to beer in America, too. The cigar companies, like, you know, for years it was Cuban cigars are the best, Cuban cigars are the best. There's no way that anything else could be as good. And and beer was the same way. It was, it was it German, had to be beer. German beer. You had yeah. to go to German, uh, German to, get, to get good beer. And then, um, you know, we figured out how to make beer. <laughs> right. And, and boy, now, did we. Now the Europeans are making American-style craft yes, beer. Yes, absolutely. You know? And, and it's interesting because I think the cigar uh, industry has done the same thing where you pick up a cigar like this, and this is fantastic. And let's not forget, Cubans make great cigars, but they make bad ones too. Yes, they just do. Like every I've other, had some really bad Cuban <laughs> just cigars. Just like every other industry, you know? Well, um, one of the things that I find interesting about Oliva as a company is that you guys uh, buck this sort of common trend that I see with so many cigar companies that are always releasing something new every every few months. Uh, you know, I, I love Rocky Patel. Rocky puts out something new every three months. Something yeah. comes yeah. out that, uh, that, you know, that he puts out. Oliva, though, you guys seem really focused on a certain handful of the things that you do and just continuing to you know, make those at, at a quality level. Is that a is that a sort of a conscious decision? Uh, and and how does that does that help you guys in terms of of marketing? Or would it be more helpful sometimes? I mean, you're a sales guy. Would it be more helpful if you were walking in going, "Hey, we have something brand new"? No, this is not by. There was no accident to this. Uh, uh, 2014. We got number one in Cigar Aficionado with this cigar that I'm smoking right now. The, and it, it continues to rank well correct, every time they, they try it. Yeah. But we got so many orders for it. We're making more cigars than we ever have before every year since 2014. So we made a very uh, precise effort to keep up on production. Now, there's been times where Milanios have been on back order. Siri V's have been on back order. Mm -hmm. But even through COVID, we've really been able to maintain quality and maintain getting the cigars out. Now, yeah, we've had some back orders. The, the, everything is just kind of screwed up with the supply chain, but I mean, we really haven't had many back orders on Milanio or V. So, right. so with that said, uh, we've got the PCA coming up our trade show and my boss just sent uh, an email saying, hey, get ready. Uh, we're gonna have a couple new products. And I'm like, 
I just sent back a question mark. He never responded. Tell me what. Well, I'd be thrilled, you know, just because it's always, always exciting when you have something new coming out, you know. So and even I don't know. You guys, so, you guys have well, your core line is the Siri uh, V, and you have the, and the, the uh, Maduro and. Well, it started with the Siri O, uh, Siri o G, G, Siri yeah. V, and then the brother of the Siri V is the Siri V Milanio, uh, and mm-hmm. then uh, Kinetic it, Reserve. Would you which consider the Milanio as the flagship? Siri V, pretty much. Siri V. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have, I think, one of the best uh, lower price cigar entry lines, mm, and that's Gilberto. the Gilberto. Gilberto. Yeah. Those cigars are so good. Sometimes I marvel at how you can get a cigar that good and, for six, and sell bucks. it for, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Because uh, when Ian and I were in, we've talked about this before, when we were in Honduras, uh, we were invited by the Aladino people to come down and uh, spend some time down there and got to tour the factory and all of that. Going through the entire process from planting to tending the fields to harvesting, How, how many people curing, do you think touch that cigar? Uh, oh my God, I don't even well, there's know. That. It's I'm, amazing. But I'm, I'm blown away yeah. that you, they could sell a cigar there's that for six or seven dollars. Yeah. The 300 yeah. hands uh, cigar that was made was, uh, that was by, um, I can't remember who it was by, but they called it 300 hands and it was, uh, and it was meant to commemorate like that. That's how many people had touched that cigar to make I a cigar. It. Like I believe it. It's amazing then that you can, that you can buy one for under twenty dollars. I know it's crazy. It, absolutely it? crazy. It, it really is. All right, we're going to take a break from our first segment, and we will be right back. In our next segment, we'll begin some tasting, and we'll be tasting the clock, clock wit orange. Clock wit, wit beer easy for you to from say. Three Sons <laughs> Brewing Company. I'll try to say it several times real fast. Uh, and talking more about Oliva cigars, and uh, so so you don't have any any teaser info yet on what these new not items might be. He just has the question marks <laughs> hanging out there in the I'm air. still waiting on a, re- for a response. Admit, I'm a little excited. So if a response comes in during the show, hopefully you'll uh, you'll be willing to share it with us. So, uh, All right, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Smoking and toasting. Thank you for joining us for show number 237, live from Stogie's with Levis Cigars. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. This is the uh, radio program and podcast that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, all about and it. hand-rolled cigars. And boy, are we having... Boy, this cigar is just so good. Uh, <laughs> you get such depth of, uh, of flavors, such a wonderful kind of complex mixing of flavors in this. I get a little chocolate and earth from this, and it's just... oh. I, I, That's a good I'm reminded of how much and I they love make, this they cigar. make that one in a Lancero, which is particularly good. Yeah. Not, not the Maduro. Not, not the, the Maduro. Maduro. The v. Now, this the v. one, yeah. this is the Milanio. That's the uh, Figurato. That was the one that got number one in 2000. That's the one you started off smoking yep. today. Yeah. Uh, so we all started smoking on uh, different uh, ones different cigars. Today. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Uh, uh, in in ni- uh, in 2019, in January, Three Sons Brewing in Dania Beach, Florida, received an award as the best new brewer in the world. Corey Artemis is Three Sons owner and head brewer. He uh, says he assumed it was a mistake, but it was true apparently. Two months before they opened up their tap room to the, repub- to the public, the craft beer website ratebeer.com had in, fact, had in fact ranked the brewery number one actually in 2018. It came out in, in January of 2019. Uh, it kind of left him uh, scratching his head, he says, but it surprised none of their 
nearly 15,000 Instagram followers who all kind of chimed in as, uh, as they did to you know, congratulate the brewery. And uh, so I am betting that that is him in the little, uh, and you may want to walk over and show that to the camera, Ian. That is the- Well, let me, let, me, uh, let me lighten up this can by pouring some more. Okay, that's that's a good idea because I don't want you to carry too heavy of a can over to the. Uh, yeah, the can the the, yeah. the work uh, the artwork on this is fantastic. Let's put yeah. this up here. So it's a wit beer, and it is. Uh, a I can barely see it with the lighting in here, in but uh, yeah, it's got the classic kind of clockwork orange kind of thing, and it's got, I guess, the brewer just peeking out from. And that's pretty cool. So a wit beer is a wheat-based beer. Yes. And uh, this one apparently has got a number of different things it was brewed with, including a bit of uh, orange peel. Wit, wit beers a lot of times have uh, uh, they have a, a kind of a, a lighter. Uh, a lot of times, some of the uh, fruitier flavors. You get some banana and some other mm -hmm. things going on with them. Yep. Uh, but adding orange peel to this. It's also a pale color, sometimes a whitish yes. kind of pale color. Almost Instead looks like of a, a white straw yeah. kind of pale color, it gets mm -hmm. a little white. Like you, there's some classic ones out there like Celis White mm -hmm. and a oh, few God, others that are absolutely, you yeah. know, absolutely uh, monsters in the industry. Now, I will say there's not much on the nose to this one. Oh, it smells good though, gas me. Ugh. Like I smell the orange peel right off the bat. Well, maybe you're getting more it than smells less beer than orange to me. I don't get much orange at all. Mm, interesting. But mm. I do get the sweet on the palate. Yeah, the orange that I get is more on the finish. Yep. Uh, yeah. It, it kind of, uh, the first, the first blush of this is just kind of a, of a sort of a tasty, refreshing wheat beer vibe. And then, but it's on that finish that you start to pick up a little of that orange peel vibe. There, there's a little of the orange peel, a little lemony kind of thing going yes, on at the very end. Definitely right. some lemony sh uh, flavors to it which is not unusual for a wheat beer correct no not at all uh and and um i'm also wondering because i've been drinking coffee and smoking a cigar wondering how much of that has been influencing my palate so i'm gonna rinse well, my palate with a little love. one of the things if you remember our tequila expert liliana um mentioned when we were doing our tequila uh añejo blind taste test that she said oh well when you do the tastings you know because she's all about doing things like right and official right uh, she said you're not supposed to have smoked a cigar or anything like that before and uh, because Eat that can food, influence wash your hands yeah, that can influence the like taste or, or wear like cologne or yeah. perfume but uh, I explained to Liliana that it's okay for me because I'm very seldom going to be having a tequila when I have not been smoking a cigar so I'd rather know how it works in that configuration than uh, than than just uh, just otherwise. The more I drink this beer, the more I like it. I, I'm starting to pick up even more of that orange flavor in the background. Um, the uh, the beginning of this is a little sweeter than I originally thought. I think the uh, the the coffee I was drinking, the bitterness of the coffee was covering it. But mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My palate's getting a little more adjusted. This is really good. That is good. I could. It totally, is very tasty. What's the alcohol content? Uh, it's it's actually not that big. I think it's four point seven is what it said. I think that's right. Four point nine. Four point nine. Uh, percent, yeah. Belgian style white ale with orange peel. It is absolutely delicious. Mm. There's not a bunch of information on here. It just just has that and that it's, cool artwork. Uh, that's very interesting. Did you get this uh, locally by any chance? I did not. Okay. I got that yeah. one on the internet. So, uh, uh, but you can buy a lot of Florida beers here because I've noticed that uh, a lot of places are now stocking Cigar City. Cigar City, yeah. which is one of my favorite. I love Florida their Maduro beer. Oh, Have you man. had that? Maduro is. 
Fantastic. <laughs> it's like, it's and so good. I love their double IPA, which is called Florida Man. Yeah. That's one of my it's favorite Florida of their, of their offerings. Well, they have, that, they have the brown ale, which is uh, what they call their Maduro, and it is fantastic. Almost all of their beers ha are named in some kind of a cigar reference. Mm -hmm. uh, the the uh, pale ale is a Gaiabara, which is the, uh, uh, the cool yeah, yeah. Uh, tobacco roller shirt. The one with the extra lacing on the front. Right, right. Made out of linen. That yeah. As soon as you put them on, they wrinkle. Yes, yeah. exactly. But at least they breathe. <laughs> and that's probably important in the cigar rolling, <laughs> uh, cigar rolling place. Uh, where are uh, your cigars uh, actually rolled and, uh, and manufactured? Nicaragua. So everything's, everything comes out of Nicaragua? Everything is made in Regardless Nicaragua. of what tobacco may be used in the mix, correct? correct? Yep. So, and uh, do you guys source tobacco... Um, you, you, do you source more tobacco than you uh, than you grow yourself? I'm not familiar with whether you guys farm your own or not. We farm, yeah, we're vertically integrated, so we do everything from the planting of the seed to the selling of the cigars. And so yes, we cool. do sell a lot of tobacco. From seed I, to smoke. From seed mm -hmm. to smoke. There you go. I, I don't know what the proportions are, but yeah, we sell a lot of our tobacco. And in the cigar industry, a lot of companies go back and forth behind the scenes, trading tobacco, selling tobacco, and doing collaborative efforts. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and with you guys having a, I don't want to say limited, but with you keeping your core line fairly small, um, do you find that there are things, I know you mentioned you uh, are getting the word that there may be some new things coming out for the trade show. Do you find if you were to be asked what style or kind of cigar you'd like to see added to the line? What would you What would you think? You know, that's a good question because we have everything right now from very mild, mm -hmm. which the Connecticut Reserve, to more spicy, full flavor. Uh, one of our spiciest cigars is the KNF that a lot of people don't know about. Uh, it's kind of a brand that we haven't put much emphasis behind. But we've also got very full flavor cigars in the Master Blend and the Siri V. Mm -hmm. The uh, as someone who really likes you know bigger cigars and and fuller flavor, I have to compliment you because a lot of times when I will go back and smoke uh, a lighter cigar, a Connecticut wrapper cigar, I find I just don't feel like I'm getting a lot of flavor from it, and that is not the case with your uh, Connecticut wrapper Now by cigars. bigger, are you saying, meaning ring gauge or the no, flavor? No, I mean more the, more the flavor, flavor okay. and, and the uh, intensity, uh, yep. the, the Look, power of the So cigar. I'm smoking that Connecticut right now. Look at the smoke that comes out. Oh, I know, it's great. It's just, uh, and the room note from that is so oh, nice. flavor. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the thing. And, and that's what I, I like so much about Oliva's lighter cigars is that they are not light in flavor. They're light in punch because that's what they're designed they're designed to be a lot yep. of strength wise but not flavor -wise. right exactly. so a, cu a few that fall in that category of course the connecticut reserve the gilberto blanc yeah. mm -hmm. is going to fall in that also and then the nub Con the nub connecticut uh -huh. big ring gauge very mild very complex though yeah and so talk to me a little bit about nub you guys were the first really to venture into this short fat cigar let me, uh, let me preface area. this by saying the nub maduro tubo <laughs> is always i have a few of them in my humidor because that is so awesome to just grab toss in your pocket if you get a chance to smoke it great it's a small cigar and it smokes forever 
It does. I yeah. love that about it. And I will say, as, like it's a small, short cigar. It's usually a, a is it a sixty-four ring gauge? Uh, there's a four sixty-four torpedo. There's a four six-six torpedo. Four sixty is the traditional size. So that's your that's your length in your ring gauge. So Correct. four inches by sixty ring gauge. Uh, four uh, ring gauge. And we've talked about the fact that you might not expect this, but they smoke for a good long. Yeah, they while. smoke the length of what you'd expect a cigar. The, uh, you know, almost twice as long as well. Mm -hmm. you're, you're smoking a 60 ring gauge, so yeah. there's a lot of tobacco in yeah. there. So when Nub came out, it was a venture by Studio Tobacco, and it was kind of an experimental. Uh, Oliva kept their core brands and then wanted to just kind of do something on the side, mm -hmm. experimenting. Mm -hmm. And that's where Nub and Kane came from. And the whole concept with Nub, it's the sweet spot of a cigar. So a big ring gauge cigar, it's the sweet <coughs> spot. So when you light it, you're gonna get a burst of flavor because there's so mm -hmm. much tobacco. The other great thing about it, you're gonna get, uh, it's not gonna get hot on you like a lot of shorter, uh, right, small cigars. Right. It's, it's gonna, nice and cool. It's gonna burn cool the entire mm -hmm. cigar. Yeah, it, it's really, you guys have had such a big influence on the industry though, because so many companies have come out with their own Imitation is the form style. of flattery. Yeah, yeah, well, it's, it's, it, it's a good thing. Um, <clears throat> but for my money, the nubs are still the best in that, uh, <clears throat> in that particular style. I will say though that um, as someone, this is about my favorite ring gauge, right around a 50 or, yep. or even a little bit smaller is okay for me sometimes. That's right. I, I don't smoke too. a lot of Lanceros, but, but I like them 50 or slightly smaller is kind of my standard, but I am not afraid to uh, grab onto a, a nub and smoke it. There's just, there is just something as, as a cigar lover that's just so great about taking in that full mixture of tobacco. And my guess is that it's actually harder to blend and get the flavors right when you're putting that much tobacco in a cigar than in a smaller ring gauge. Is that right? You know, I don't know. There may be a little bit more room for air than in a Lancero mm -hmm. because you have to get that proportion perfect, the blend between the wrapper <laughs> and the filler. So. There may be a little bit more room for air in a bigger cigar. I honestly don't know. We're here at Stogie's where uh, Jorge, who's the primary uh, proprietor here, uh, he's a big fan of the Lancero. King he's of the always, Lanceros. He's always uh, walking around with a Lancero, but I have caught him on occasion with a fatter cigar in yep. his mouth, so it, it does happen. But uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to me to actually experiment with ring gauges um, and, and just to see how how different the smoking experience can you be. You can take the exact same blend and put it in a different size cigar and it'll taste totally different. And, and it'll burn differently too. So, and that's something I've always wondered about because when a cigar company comes out with a line and they've got a particular cigar in that line but it's available in different sizes, how do you blend to get a consistency of flavor from something that's maybe a, you know, a, a 50, plus gauge Robusto and then something that's smaller? You know, it's a, it's a science and it takes a lot of professional tasting. So we've got people in the factory that that's their job. They take this blend and they, they experiment with different sizes. Mm -hmm. And I'll use the uh, example of blended whiskey. Mm -hmm. So when you're, thing, when you're yeah. blending whiskeys, you take, you take a part of this, a part of that, to try to come up with the same flavor every time. So, so we've got people that that's their job to make sure 
that it's the same flavor from size to size. So their job is basically just to taste yep. and then inform on... Uh, and, th you... and those are the blenders, the master right. blenders. Do you guys have any openings? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We can, we can try. So I, I was a little distracted. I was looking. I had a, a nub uh, Maduro that I smoked at one of my uh, brew club meetings. And I was standing towards the back the whole time, and then the uh, president of my root club came over and took a picture of it. And it's literally just barely <laughs> enough to hold on to, and the entire ash <laughs> is still it's there. Still and I can't the find the picture, but I need oh, to find it and post so it because it's fantastic. That's, it's so that's the actual ad. It's the yeah, whole cigar with, with in an ashtray. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and there's just this picture of me with a cigar in my mouth, and it is all ash except for just enough to barely like grab onto. And you are a brave man because, as we know, cigar ash targets your clothes. Oh, it's a clubhouse. There's a concrete floor and yeah. everything, and I can lean forward a little bit, you know. Yeah, there's been many long ash competitions yeah. with, with Nub to see who can get the longest it's ash. Really a cool thing, though, when you consider uh, the ability of the, uh, the rollers to get a cigar that'll burn that well and hold the ash for that long. And it's uh, the different flavors, because we've got mm -hmm. the Maduro, the Connecticut, the Cameroon, and the, um, what I'm missing, the Maduro. Mm -hmm. And then also the Nub Nuance, which is the coffee flavored. The nub, oh yes, right. So let me ask you this. I know that the you did a FDA harvest is, for a while that my wife really yep, liked. That. that was a seasonal blend. Yeah. The FDA is working to uh, try to ban all flavored cigars completely. How will that affect something like a coffee flavored It'll go cigar. away. It'll go away. See, I mean, in the wording that they're proposing, all flavored cigars, which, you know, I mean. It's because just... a coffee flavored cigar appeals to anybody under 18. Well, I, I know what they're after. What they're, what they're trying to do is they're trying to eliminate these little inexpensive buy them at the convenience store, <clears throat> you know, watermelon and grape yeah. flavored cigars that, it, you know, peop that kids use to, hi to, you know, basically hide pot inside and, and, and smoke. What's interesting to me is by the time they get that done, pot will actually be legal in pretty much every state. So I don't, I don't get what the, you know, what the big rush is. But I guess it's because younger people do have a tendency to, uh, to buy those it's cigars. Got flavor. They don't, they don't, however, go buy the nub coffee, as you were no. saying. Yeah, yeah. You know, we could sit here, we could sit here and watch everyone that comes in the front door of Stogies for a month, and I'm betting you. Not a single person walks in that's under I'm, 18. I've never Agreed. walked into a cigar shop and had a miner go, hey, man, can you just, can you just pick me up a, a cigar, maybe a Monte Cristo <laughs> or something? I mean, I've had that on. happen at 7-Eleven with beer. Yeah. But, uh, or yeah. cigarettes. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, that doesn't happen with cigars. Cigars are a very different entity. That's the crazy part about this. I mean, trying to shut down a whole segment of the market Right. And it doesn't even make sense. I mean, kids aren't coming into cigar shops. And most cigar shops, if there's any question, just like a liquor store, they card. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I don't know. It only makes sense. Maybe, maybe the crackdown should be on convenience stores to make sure they're doing a better job of carding. Yeah, there's that. You know, that, I that. mean, where? Yeah, the question would be where? The, where are they getting flavored cigars? And are the flavored cigars are never. Like I've never seen an ad that, that would make, you know, a sixteen year old go, Man, I should have that in my life. Right. I mean, I remember when I was sixteen years old and I wasn't thinking about, you know, ex expensive hand well, expensive 
comparatively speaking, hand-rolled cigars. You or know, expensive yeah. anything. Expensive yeah. anything, right? <laughs> right. If I could, if I could back pull, in the Keystone Light days. If yeah. I could pull $20 together, you know, half of that wasn't going to a cigar mm-hmm. when I was 16, that's for sure. My, mine was uh, Swisher Sweet Cherry Tip Cigarillos. Oh, see, see, there you go. <laughs> I smell those today, and it just takes me back. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And probably not in a great way. You know uh, what? Uh, memories. <laughs> it's all part of growing up. It, 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 does, it does happen. Well, it's, it's interesting to see. I don't know if they'll be successful. I think they've got a much better shot at being successful in shutting that down than they do of getting these... Um, uh, you know these regulations to apply to premium cigars that they keep trying to apply to the uh, to the smaller and, and, and cheaper ones. We're going to have our uh, our legal expert uh, Trey Boring on the show here in the next couple of weeks, so we're looking forward to his update on where it all stands. Because there's been bad news, bad news, bad news, good news, good news, bad news, good news. It's just it seems like every month something shifts, it flips and flops in, in the landscape and, of, yeah, of yeah. all of this. So. Uh, it'll it'll be it'll be really interesting uh, to see. Ian, I wonder if I could talk you into pouring me oh, just a little more can. of that That's because I will tell you it also goes rather nicely with this cigar. I'll there, there. there we go. Uh, <clears throat> it also goes rather Chris nicely. Style due to the angle. Here. Uh, that's quite all right. I don't mind the heavy pour. It's interesting how you know we'll mention that on the show from time to time. Would you like some more? And it's interesting sure. how many of our guests are aware, not only of Chris but of his. Hard pour uh, beer theory. Oh, Chris is a legend. <laughs> yeah, he is. In he his is. own mind. In his own mind. <laughs> and, and as we all know, he is a whiskey expert because it says so in Texas Monthly magazine. And if it's in Texas Monthly, I believe it. You know what I'm saying? That's uh, true. That's, that's what I say. Speaking of Chris and our good buddy Alan Denny, they put together the uh, Houston Whiskey Social, which I believe is changing its name to just the Whiskey Social ah. because they have plans to perhaps take it to other markets and they have announced a date for 2021 Ooh. they had to skip a year but they, they announced a date did, did you november tell me 6th. It was november 6th yep. november 6th all right and so so I, we're I hoping know the weather's gonna be awesome i know like if you're listening to this outside of houston november sounds like it would probably be you know cold but not in Houston. <laughs> not especially, in houston. especially early november yeah not you know by houston. the time you get to thanksgiving it might yeah be a it little gets a little chilly but, but no so, november is usually like uh, when you go outside, you're usually okay without a jacket or with a nice sports coat or something like that, not dying. And I know that Ian and I have a tendency when we go to the whiskey social, uh, we have a, we have a, a sort have of a, a tendency pattern. to drink. Yeah, well, oh, we have yeah, a sorry. pattern that we follow. We go in, sample, 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 and then make our way out to the uh, outdoor area to smoke a cigar. Hopefully, bringing along enough sample remnants with us to last for the uh, cigar <laughs> and then we head back inside again mm-hmm. so, yeah it's always a good time in that yeah, cigar it, lounge it really is that it's you know we've said this before but of any of the drinking events that we've been to any of the you know uh, whiskey events or any other thing it really is put on better it is the one it, they it's the do best it right. it's the they, one they absolutely do it right all right we're going to take another break we'll be back for a uh, short segment <laughs> and a little bit of beer tasting and then still to come on the program today um, we have uh, drinking news, of course, uh, and uh, our drinking news today involves a celebrity, Ryan Reynolds. Oh. The actor is a part go. of our drinking news today. He's done something fun, and we'll share that with you. 
I'd like uh, to say uh, hi to Miss Liliana. She's uh, on the I love me some Liliana. And she said, and of course she says hi, Bruce. The two of them have become fast <laughs> friends based on uh, based on the show. Which based is on the comments, right? bringing yeah. people together. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. That's what we're all about, and and influ directly influencing sales. That's right. Because I'll be buying some Oliva cigars from the humidor here before I leave. So, Absolutely. So if nothing else, it influences sales. Uh, we'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting, uh, craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. And up next, Black Pumas Stay Gold Hoppy Ale from Austin, Texas. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. This is the uh, radio program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Great shirts for cigar lovers on the web. And it's easy to remember the web address because it's the name. MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. Yes, sir. Uh, while Ian is uh, pouring the uh, Stay Gold Hoppy Pale Ale from the Black Pumas and from the uh, brewery in Austin, uh, Fourth Tap, uh, let me share with you uh, an article from Liquor.com, which I absolutely love Liquor.com, by the way. Some of the articles that come out about spirits and stuff on the web are, are really just kind of clickbait. You know, there's nothing really to them. Uh, but Liquor.com is not that way. They have interesting um you know drink recipes and they're always talking about new releases and different things that are out and they've got a list of vodkas we don't talk a lot of vodka on the show but i wanted to share this list this is 12 vodkas that liquor.com says you need to try right now and right a now. lot of them are uh fruit infused most of them are very inexpensive uh absolute watermelon Mm -hmm. I, you know, I think I would actually like to try a watermelon. Great summer uh, drink. We've yeah. used uh, absolute watermelon. My wife will make uh, uh, jello shots. Mm -hmm. And she uses a lot of like the absolute watermelon and stuff like that for jello shots. There's no added sugar to the uh, absolute watermelon. Uh, and it is, they're saying, a potentially refreshing addition to a wide range of summer drinks. Uh, also coming in at $20 a bottle, Cathead Bitter Orange. Um, this never heard of it. Uh, this is a new one to me, but I like the idea. Ciroc Summer Citrus at $34. That sounds delicious. I will say, I, I don't do a whole lot of flavored vodkas, but it is nice if you do like a vodka soda and you don't want a sweet drink. It's nice right. to have that little kiss of flavor. You get a flavor. little bit of flavor without, without having to have it be a sweet cocktail. Right, you're, right. you're absolutely right. Now, this next one surprised me because I've not been a big fan of their vodkas, but it surprised me a little bit that it was included on this list. It's a new release from Crystal Head. They're huh. the ones that do the vodka in the uh, in, <coughs> in the skull-shaped skull yeah, yeah. uh, bottles. And it's actually Dan Aykroyd is one of the owners huh. of Crystal Head. Uh, they have a new vodka just released that is in a black, glossy skull. And I have to say, it looks really cool. Uh, it's the Crystal Head Onyx, and it is distilled from agave. So it's... Interesting. It's, it's vodka, but distilled... Uh, from agave, and it's a kind of a glossy, gaunt-looking uh, bottle. Just, just a quick aside. Uh, for most people uh, who understand the distilling process, they understand that that's um, that's just part of the distilling process. The first thing you come up with is a neutral spirit when you uh, when you distill, mm -hmm. and then uh, a lot of times uh, when you keep distilling, that's why a lot of times vodka is distilled and distilled and distilled. And the more it's distilled, the better it is because it's less flavor. And mm -hmm. that is the nature of vodka. I'm not downplaying it or anything, but that is the nature of vodka. So vodka is something that's really easy to produce for a distillery. 
because it's the first thing that you can make happen. Right. You don't have to yeah. age it. It's not. Uh, it's not a, a thing that it takes a long time right. to, to produce. And one of the reasons I think flavor, because vodka is such a neutral spirit, it's one of the reasons I think these flavored vodkas are becoming so popular. And it's not far from gin. Yeah. Either. Right. Uh, the next flavored vodka on the list is Deep Eddy Lime. Now, I will say, mm -hmm. uh, my wife loves the Deep Eddy Watermelon. She likes me to just shake it up cold in a, a, a shaker for her and pour it out. That's one of her favorite go-tos when she's not drinking rum. Uh, but Deep Eddy has launched its first new flavor in three years, and it is the Deep Eddy Lime, which actually sounds really good, uh, really good to me. Grey Goose Essences, a line of uh, new infused vodkas from Grey Goose, strawberry and lemongrass, white peach and rosemary, and watermelon and basil are the three ah. flavors in the line. So everything on here has been flavored, and I, mm -hmm. I can't help but think, you know, for years, the best uh, vodkas were, you know, seven times distilled, 27 right. times distilled, exactly. whatever, like yeah. just going into ridiculous, but uh, which gives it less and less flavor and more purity, right. so to speak. So I wonder if people are like kind of over that and maybe the flavored vodka is really where it's at now. Well, the, I, I think it's the fastest growing segment of the vodka yeah. industry. And it's one of the things Deep Eddy kind of built their whole brand on when they came out because they do have, you know, just their base vodka. Yeah. But it was their, they were the, one of the first ones to really branch into a lot of different flavors. When they uh, had the sweet tea vodka yeah, and yeah. a bunch of other stuff, right. Pinnacle Vodka has released a light and ripe line one of them is guava lime, and the other is apricot honeysuckle. So we're beginning to see these dual and triple flavor infusions as well. Sky Vodka, they say technically not a new brand, but it has been reformulated specifically to play better in the classic vodka soda combo. They worked with uh, experts and a water sommelier, and the cool thing about this bottle of Sky Vodka is it's $13. Nice. You got to wow. love that. You got to love that. Timberline is a $25 bottle of vodka from Hood River Distillers in Oregon, and it's distilled from a mix of grain and 14 different varieties of non-GMO Pacific Northwest apples and cut with Oregon spring water. And they go through, as you were pointing out, Ian, 46 levels of purification. <laughs> yeah. And I was joking at 27. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's a $25 bottle. So the last couple of them on this list were not uh, flavor infused, but the others were. It's kind of interesting. So, all right, uh, you poured us a uh, a little bit of this Black Pumas Stay Gold Hoppy uh, Hoppy Ale from uh, our friend. Uh, while while you were talking, I was doing research, and I appreciate. Uh, I was that working. About you. See, I appreciate some, that. Some about of us you. have to do this for a living. Well, other ones just talk. Well, some people just talk. But um, <laughs> uh, so this, it's really odd how well this actually pairs with my cigar too, because this is pretty hoppy. It's got some bitterness to it. Uh, and it's got some bitterness to it, but it's got a little sweetness to it right towards, right before the bitter hits. And it's really interesting and quite delicious, actually. Yeah, I actually really enjoy this, but you're right. This is, I'm actually a little surprised that you like this one because it is very much leaning towards this the hot bitter side. This is almost an IPA. Yeah, yeah, it really right. is. It really I is. I don't think they call it an IPA, right? No, I think this they is just a call it a hoppy ale, right? Hoppy pale ale. And mm -hmm. it is that, but it's also a very good I would hobby. love for someone to explain to me. Maybe somebody can do this in the uh, in the show notes. But I've never understood: is there a line that you cross with a particular thing that you do during the brewing, or a particular ingredient that has to be above a certain point, 
where it is no longer a pale ale and is now an Indian. This is this pale is where ale. we really need Wiki Brian on. Yeah, this. well, he's, and he's, I don't know if he's with us. He today, probably just has that information stuck bouncing around in his skull. I, I would imagine like he probably does. So. Yeah, although he's not an IPA guy. No, he doesn't so, like hoppy. So he, he, doesn't he, like hoppy. he may not have he may not have studied this particular. I am, however, uh, the next time I run into him, I'm going to bring. A, I have one can left of the Elvis juice. I'm going to bring that and let him try that because that was. Pretty special. I picked up some more of that. Again, smoking and toasting directly influenced the sale. Right. And I got to say, it just got better upon repeated uh, 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 drinks. Trent, what, it, what kind of beers do you usually drink? You know, I have gout. <laughs> so my beer intake over the last five years has severely, severely dropped. Severely dropped, yeah. And I've got friends who own breweries. And so, yeah, it's really uh, kind of hurt gotcha, my beer. Gotcha. When you do have a beer, do you have a favorite style? I like a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. I can't drink beer like I used to. So the IPAs, the uh, heavier beers, I. So you have to stay away from the sugars and. It's stuff. it's actually the uh, uh, beer yeast. Oh, it's beer yeast. Yeah. It's more the gluten, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, um, uh, I I enjoy this. I think it's I think it's great. But the, this definitely is up there on the hoppy scale. Yeah, it's it's no doubt hoppy. about it. No doubt no about doubt. it. All right, we're going to take another quick break. We will be back when we return. Uh, I believe that our man Trenton here, talk about good timing, has just received the new information I got about it about the upcoming releases from Oliva. That's so pretty I'm exciting. So stoked. Breaking news we on Smoking and Toasting. Be right back at Smoking and Toasting. Stay where you are. Breaking news from Oliva Cigars. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. We are smoking Oliva Cigars and enjoying the hell out of them and uh, toasting with some interesting brews and other things, including, by the way, Ian, this segment, we're going to break into that bottle of old granddad there. Ooh. Uh, yeah, so I'm excited. This is, uh, uh, you've done something, and, and uh, maybe I should just share this with you. It's a concept that I have. When I bring in the spirit, I always try to make sure that I have removed the initial, like, plastic and opening, plastic. open and it usually, up to And make usually sure. the top part of the uh, the liquid so that yes, there's no right. spillage or any exactly, issues exactly. with it. Exactly, exactly. And I noticed so. that you've got a, a completely full uh, you bottle please forgive my uh, uh, Please forgive my uh, laziness on that. I didn't have time to open it and, <laughs> and test it out. Well, we'll have time here in a moment, and we're looking forward to it. Uh, we have breaking news from Oliva Cigars, and Ian has, uh, on the fly, come up with a breaking news song. Breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Live, like live right here. I, I, for a moment, I thought you were going to do breaking news. Breaking news. I thought about that. Now it's time for breaking news. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a jingle. It's like, you know, like Phoebe on Friends, like all of her songs were oh, the same exact exactly melody. Exactly the same with different yeah. words, right? <laughs> Smelly Cat or what was Smelly it? Smelly Cat so, was the best. Oh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> So, um, uh, Oliva, we talked about, at the open of the show, we talked about how Oliva Cigars is not a company that, you know, puts out something brand new every three months, as, as some cigar companies do, uh, and that it had actually been a while since there'd been an addition to the Gilber- line. Gilberto. Yep, Gilberto was the yep. last yeah, one, and that yeah. was, what, yep. a couple of years ago, right? At least. Yeah. Right, three. So, uh, so, it is just so awesome that we have breaking news now that has come out since we started the show. And we've got Trenton right here to share what is coming from Oliva Cigars. Yeah, I just, I'm on a group text with uh, our salespeople, and it's, this just came out. It was released on Cigar Aficionado. Oliva Cigar Company celebrates 135th anniversary with Siri V Perfecto. Now, Oliva, 
as an American company, hasn't been in business for 135 years. What mm -hmm. we're celebrating is the Cuban history going mm -hmm. all the way back to the Milanio or the Oliva family in Cuba. Right. So we're combining and that. And their origin as, uh, as yep. cigar, cigar So the heritage of the company. Absolutely. So uh, 135th anniversary, and we are coming out with the Siri V Perfecto. So that's pretty exciting. Only 15,000 boxes are gonna be released. Uh, 12 count box, 120 bucks, 10 bucks per cigar. This, so talking about inexpensive, well, and this is a limited edition, amazing. $10 cigar. And, and that's something you guys are always so good about uh, because you don't release um, $23 cigars. Correct. The whole, uh, the whole line mm -hmm. is incredibly priced, mm -hmm. like from the, from the Gilberto to the to the cane to the nub to the G O and V, it's just amazing. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be previewed at the PCA trade show uh, next month in Vegas, and we're expecting to release and ship it uh, third quarter. And so the Perfecto obviously will be a different shape than this one, right? Because uh, this is a uh, that's a figurato. That's a figurato tapered at the top and a little bit at the bottom. Is this Perfecto tapered more at the foot than it is at the head? Yes, Perfecto it gets... Perfecto is usually rounded, right? Yeah, and it gets smaller at the foot. Right, right. So there's going to be a five and a half by 54 ring gauge. Wow, I, nice. I can't wait. I can't wait. Absolutely. And uh, so this is... You're not doing a flurry of new releases. This is going to be your new release for the PCA. Yes. Do we have at, any uh, insight on what it's going to be made out of? Uh, not yet. All secret sauce. <laughs> it's just a teaser. We can't reveal all. One of the things we loved about being at the Aladino uh, farm and factory was when they let us into the room where once the cigars are made and they've got them in bundles, they're waiting oh, to be boxed. That's and a you magical just walk place. into that, and it is. It's like, it's like, man, if 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 I could just stay here. For First of all, the smell is oh, yeah. just oh, heavenly. Just absolutely amazing. Yeah. Just great. It and really then is. just the sheer number of cigars. It's like a kid in a candy shop. Mm -hmm. It's really a wonderful thing. It's a, a bit like walking into the humidor here at Stogie's. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> it really is. That's what, uh, and, I, and I think that works. I think when you walk into a humidor that's that well stocked, you have to leave with something. Yeah, like you, you can't just to. walk through there and not buy. It's just, uh, Ian, that was very that was, well done. That was fascinating. You could have- uh, going. Uh, uh, round you know, and round. <laughs> if you're going to wait until you actually get here to pull that plastic off and, and do it, that's a good way to, uh, Good way to you go. Might as well do it with some flair, right? That's right, exactly. That's what I was thinking. So this is the old granddad. Do you do you remember what you paid for that bottle? I think this it was twenty-two dollars. Yeah. Maybe. So so this is around the same price as like a uh, a Buffalo Trace, for example. Uh, and uh oh, uh, sparing every <laughs> expense when it comes to sound effects here. Smoking a toast, but let's hope we can get this up. Boy, how disappointing would it be if we were unable to taste the whiskey? Audio over crack. Oh man! Look at that hands mm. of steel over there. Love it, love it. Nice. So, so this should be very interesting. Now, I haven't tried this. I picked it up. Like I said, I've tried the 114, which is fantastic, uh, especially at its price point. I've tried the uh, the standard old granddad, which is pretty good and cheap. And this, uh, this is also, by the way, this is twenty two dollars ish for a one liter bottle. This is mm -hmm. this is a bigger bottle. That's not a seven hundred and fifty milliliter. It's nope. a one liter bottle. Excellent. Well, we'll pass this around and give this bad boy a try here. There you go. So we're going to try that out right there. I'm making a nice Thank glugging you. sound. So <clears throat> oh, oh, oh. I like the glugging sound. Yeah, yeah. 
So this is uh, Old Granddad uh, High Rye Mash Bill Bonded Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Put the lid on here. I'm be spilling it all over myself. Wearing it like cologne. Uh, let's see. Bottle and bond in accordance with Old Granddad himself and the U.S. government. In parentheses, that's nice. Uh, OGD. Of course, it's OGD. Uh, OGD bond, <laughs> bottled and uh, OGD bonded is distilled under requirements of the Century Old Bottle and Bond Act, created to ensure the integrity of bourbon. Uh, bonded bourbon is the product of one distillery, one distiller, and a single season. See, I should have read this earlier. Yeah, yeah. I think I got it all out, but it was a little hesitant. Um, barreled uh, for at least four years and bottled at exactly 100 proof. So maybe uh, maybe it needs to be bottled at 100 proof. I, I think know. that may be correct. I don't know if that's part of it or if that's just what they did. I think most of the bottled bond that I have tried have been, I want to say they've been at least 100 proof. I thought it had something to do with proofing. It, it smells nice. It, it smells does. wonderful. It's great on the nose. Um, it's good. I got a little on my elbow from the spill over here, so mm -hmm. I should smell much like this. So uh, you're doing research while I'm talking. Tell me what you're getting from it. Well, the first thing that I noticed is that it does not pack a big upfront um, whiskey punch like uh, like some things that are 100 proof do, uh, but it is uh, actually fairly mellow, and I mean that in a good way. Mellow is one of those. Um, catchphrase words like uh smooth it's it's a little tough to like some things can be mellow and smooth and still actually mean that they're actually mellow and smooth mm -hmm. this uh does have a really nice like like this makes me want to sit around by the campfire or yes. or sit in front of a fire and have this it's got a very warm overall flavor profile to it as and well. there is a wonderful and very delayed whiskey hug mm -hmm. it at first i was going to say it didn't really have one and then there it came, just just it's got <clears throat> kind of a sweet fruity cinnamon thing going on at the very front of the palate on this. I was pulling out a little bit of caramel. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but yes, you're right. There's definitely some fruitiness to it, like uh, dark fruits, like uh, you know cherry and blackberry sort of a, a vibe to it. How are you feeling about this one? I bet it goes. I like with it. That cigar. Oh, it's yeah. wonderful with this V Maduro. I'm about to light up a different cigar myself. Where choices, choices. Where are you going next, Ian? It's a big, a big decision. I want to take both of them home. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I'm going with the Millennium. I haven't mm -hmm. had one of these in a while. I might have an extra one for you. <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> it's nice to have friends that are actually in the cigar business, isn't it? <laughs> well, you're, um, you're kind of in it. Yeah. Trenton, we met you first uh, down when we did the show at the man cave and i think was it alan denny that actually got you to come yep. on the show uh hi alan bye and by the way alan the week although i wound up crashing the show but the week that i was uh, supposed to be out a few weeks ago alan co-hosted the uh the show with ian and he actually performed the well well yes very fine job it's hard to imitate i wasn't there for that segment so i had to go back and listen to it uh, later <laughs> when the show was played. i don't think i would even try <laughs> Oh, it's, it's one of the most fun things about doing the show. And uh, as I've said a couple of times before, and I will say again, I didn't originate it. Like anything that, uh, that I uh, do or say or any mannerism that I may have on the show, I can always tell you, if you steal from me, you've stolen twice. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll credit a guy named Storm Zabel, a DJ that I worked with in Boston, uh, for being the originator of the Well Well. Although he did it over the uh, 
orchestral soundtrack to The Man of La Mancha. Nice. As opposed to uh, our intro music. I have barely, barely started this cigar, and it's already got this huge, silky smoke to it, and wonderful, like, back-of-the-palate spiciness that I just absolutely adore. I mentioned this earlier in between the breaks, but if you look at the almost razor-straight line of that burn, and that's another thing that Oliva maybe doesn't get as much credit for as they deserve, but I can't remember smoking an Oliva cigar that that had a construction issue. And that's one of I'm the things. I'm not thing, saying it, that, that it no, would never it happen. happens, it happens. Yeah, but, but that's wow. one of the things that this company was founded on is consistency and uh, just creating a great cigar every time. Now, I've noticed uh, that a couple of the mail order places, because I did a bit of oh, mail Oh boy, order, here we go. I did a bit of the mail, <laughs> mail order stuff during, uh, you know, during the pandemic, especially when I wasn't getting out as much. Uh, but I've noticed that a few of them have different Oliva blends that are mm-hmm. that are unique to their particular whether it's cigars international or uh holtz or or any of them where how did those blends happen i mean obviously you guys partner with that particular retailer but um as far as like the blends do you basically say okay here's something new and if they like it they you know add their name to it and and take it on or is it a collaboration how do those things work you know honestly i'm on the retail side so i sell to brick and mortar so i honestly don't know uh, i get texts and emails pretty much weekly hey can i get this and i'm like i don't even know what that is right. it's something that we made <laughs> as a company uh so that's all behind uh closed doors between the company and the individual but that's that's the difference between what you do like you're selling the line um and talking about the line and stuff like that not not those individual you know well i'll say even though me a blend even though we do both of us occasionally order online we are big proponents of supporting your local cigar brick and mortar retailers because these guys not to say that you know cigars international or whoever doesn't have their own expenses but these guys are opening up every day providing you a place to smoke which is more and more of a big deal yeah, all the it time really is. and they are you know you go look in the humidor here here at stogies and you wonder how much money did they sink into all this stock i mean these guys are are really kind of out there on the front lines of this thing making sure they're bringing in the new blends and and whatever they whatever they can do to make sure they make them available to, and to put and that in perspective the answer is tens of thousands yeah yeah absolutely even in a small humidor and it's sitting in there waiting to be sold mm-hmm. basically it's like that money is tied up until they and not to say that that doesn't happen with the other uh, retailers as well but there's something special about the local cigar shop whether it's a big one like stogies or a smaller one or or one like Allen's shop down in, in Galveston, mm-hmm. the Galveston Island Cigar Lounge, that just has such a great vibe to it. And they provide this wonderful back deck that you can go sit out and watch the sunset over the water while you, uh, while you smoke. That's There's, pretty amazing. It's, they are helping to provide a cigar experience. That's exactly right. And to right. me, the experience is what cigars are really about. Whether it's you just coming in and sitting by yourself, or you come in with a group of people, or you just sit down and start talking to start the other customers. And, and I've, I've joked about this over my plus 20 year career in the cigar industry, that a cigar shop is a lot like Cheers. Mm. It, it is. There's a norm, yeah. you and you don't want to sit in norm seat. Uh, I mean, you've got the 
bartender who's usually the tobacconist, mm -hmm. and, I'll, oh, and I'll always joke, and there's a Cliff Clavin. And mm -hmm. if you don't know who it is, you're, you're him. <laughs> it's a dog-eat-dog dog world, and I'm wearing milk-bone milk shorts. <laughs> i tell you, the other thing that I love about cigar lounges and cigar stores that offer you a place to sit and smoke is the fact that cigars are the great equalizer. Yes, You'll have are. a you know, millionaire businessman sitting next to uh, you know, uh, a, a guy that you know, drives, drives a truck. Or, uh, or people, you'll have a school teacher sitting you know, next to a mm -hmm. stockbroker. And even more amazing than that, you got Republicans sitting next to Democrats and, and people of all stripes and, and opinions and somehow it isn't it isn't a thing. And they're not talking about they're that. They're not most talking of the about time, right? that. Yeah, they're, they're hopefully not. They're, well, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully but, not. But it's it's a it's a place where people seem to find commonality, and that is something that I think is increasingly lost in our society. People seem really focused on our differences lately, and not I on like that. what we have that we share that we have in common, and sharing the love of the experience of smoking a good cigar. Is is something that I think I don't know. I don't mean to sound too corny, but it brings people together. Mm -hmm. no, it totally and does. It's a wonderful thing. It really is. Uh, Speaking of I'm bringing things it. together, we need to have a conversation about the whiskey sniff at some point. In time. Well, we do. Uh, we've we've talked uh, just briefly to our friends Alan Denny and Chris Hart about maybe joining forces with them for the next whiskey sniff. Because there's nobody better at putting these things on oh, than those absolutely guys, fantastic. and uh, and we, you know, had the idea of it being, you know, something a little different, uh, of being able to do the pairings. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll get we'll get together with these guys, and and you know, Trenton is one of the guys that has supported the whiskey sniff in the past and made sure we had uh, some Oliva cigars for people to smoke in that, and it has been a wonderful thing. So. My pleasure. The uh, uh, Bruce uh, posted on here, Officer Paul. Used to talk about Officer Paul's a guy who also listens to his show and uh, would hang out at uh, at uh, McCoy's. McCoy's a lot yeah. of times. And he said he would talk about um, being in McCoy's and uh, Houston defense attorneys, prosecuting attorneys, and judges all sitting together and not talking business. Yeah, well, it's you know it's downtown, so you've got all the law firms uh -huh. and and, uh, and and the courthouse and all of the all of the sort of the legal hub, I guess, of, of our city, mm -hmm. uh, all down there together. And it, you're right, it's a- Speaking of small shops, that's a, that's a very small shop a with a very small shop, humidor. Though. It's a great little and place And you know, it's the cigar. first place we did a uh, live broadcast yeah, yeah. in the very early days of Smoking and Toasting, back when it had the name that shall not be mentioned. All right. <laughs> the other name. The other name, yeah. Uh, I'm glad we wound up being Smoking and Toasting. That's a better name. I, I feel like it's better, yeah. Um, I am really enjoying the old granddad bonded. Uh, I'm pretty happy with this purchase. This uh, this has been pretty good. I got turned on. Uh, so our, our uh, the guy that always listens and never watches, I always make fun of him, Josh. Mm -hmm. uh, he actually turned me on to the old granddad 114, and I happened to be in the store the other day, and I was thinking about that, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to try the bonded. I've tried the 114 and the other one. It's hard uh, to make a choice, I think, these days in the whiskey aisle or aisles right. as it is at the specs where I shop all the time. Well, we had our uh, we had our annual lounge formal for the Connoisseur's Club of Smoking and Drinking, which is the <laughs> brew club that I'm in. We're actually more of a, a drinking club with a brewing problem. Mm -hmm. But um, but uh, we had our lounge formal and it's open bar when you walk in and, and he happened to bring a bottle of the 114 and I drank that pretty much the whole night. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. That was quite good. What'd you say the price was on that granddad? This bottle, I think, cost me about $22. Wow. 
for a one liter bottle. And so nice. which and, just and goes to show you that you don't have and to spend. Proof. It's fun sometimes to splurge on a great bottle of whiskey, but you don't always have to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can get, I love getting great whiskey in the under, you know, $30 range. Like that's, that's an amazing buy to me when it's this kind of good. Which to me kind of brings us back to Oliva Cigars and, and how reasonably priced the entire line is. I mean, what did you say the retail price was going to be on that new $10. for a limited That's release. Unbelievable. Perfecto. Unbelievable. I mean, there are cigar companies, and they make some great cigars that are selling for 22 and 23 We talk about it a lot on the show when we do our... Are you talking about Davidoff? Well, well no, I'm talking about the ones that make good cigars. I'm sorry. Davidoff does make some good cigars. But they make a lot of cigars that I think are just... Well, most of their stuff is overpriced, but some of them are wildly overpriced for what you're getting. You know, for a cigar that might be as good as this, it's three times the yeah, price. Oh, at least. Yeah. At least. So, um, but I was going to say the price to quality index that we use here on the show, which is a one to 10 scale when we're talking about the cigars that we've smoked, and a five means you got exactly what you paid for. It's very unusual for a cigar that's over about $12 at retail to score higher than a five, even if it's really, really good. Yeah. Because it's just, you know, you're like, okay, yeah, I spent $13 on it. It was worth the 13 but I sure don't know how I'd feel about it if it was 15 mm -hmm. you know? And that's that's something that it's much harder, I think. When you smoke a, a $23 um, Padron, I mean, it damn well better be good. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you smoke an Opus X, which I think they're releasing some new Opus X now, and oh. $30. Yeah, it's, it's like crazy. And I'm, and it's not that they're not good. They are. Well, you know, uh, Oliva has found a little place in my uh, humidor where a lot of the big brands, a lot of brands have been around for years and years. When I go into a humidor, a lot of times I don't even bother looking at them that much. Like Padron, I know they're there. Punch, I know they're there. There's a lot of uh, Monte Cristo. I know, they're, I know they're there, you know. And I just don't generally tend to look at them because I want to see what's new. But one that I always have, in some form or another, whether it's the Siri V, which is my favorite in the line, or uh, the Gilberto, or the Nubs, mm -hmm. uh, I always have something in my human work because they're just that kind of good. Well, and we've talked about this before, but there are cigars that, yeah, yeah, I'll buy an expensive Padron every once in a while and, you know, smoke it, but... It's not something I always have in my humidor. I've always got to leave it in my humidor unless I'm running really low. And again, I mean, that's part of what makes working for the Oliva Cigar Company really cool is I have something. When I do an event, I have something for everybody. Yeah. I've got the mildest of cigars mm -hmm. for the beginner or, I mean, some people never graduate out of that mild category. That's right. where some people just that's like to be. And like that's it. fine. That's Absolutely, just what they like. that's fine. Yeah. So, in I mean, fact, my understanding is that the milder cigars actually generally outsell they the, the uh, bigger, more Because, because just until recently, the mild the mild beers way outsold the right. fuller beers. Mm -hmm. So, there's I mean, a, there's so many similarities between the whiskey market, the beer market, the wine market, mm -hmm. and cigars. And one thing that you said, uh, just talking about value, I do that with wine. I mean, mm -hmm. when I go buy a bottle of wine, it's like, okay, what can I get for under twenty dollars, and it's gonna fantastic. and it's gonna way outperform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. By the way, speaking of wine, uh, there's a, a story that I came across recently about a wine that went to space, and if you want a bottle, it's a million dollars. That's it. Somebody's gonna buy a it. A million dollars. Somebody's gonna buy yeah. it. Yeah. So uh, 
Ian, I was actually going to, I had this crazy plan that probably is a good thing I didn't do, but I was going to go buy like a box wine at, uh, at uh, Specs and, and bring it in, but not show you the box and tell you that I'd gotten a sample of the million dollar wine <laughs> and, and just see... Just see, see where, how that. Just see where my palate. Yeah, went. exactly, exactly. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, now I've told you, so I probably won't do. You that. guys ever do blind tastings? Oh yeah. Oh yes, we love doing that. In because fact. you know, and I will give people a cigar without a band at times, just to see. Just I bring up cane because the cane hasn't been top of mind for a lot of people for so long, and I'll give people a cane and say, hey, this is a brand new cigar that we just came out with, and they'll smoke. Wow, this is really good. So it's just the perception and getting yeah. getting yourself excited for it. And again, just I, the environment that you're smoking it in. I smoked a cane last weekend and I thought, why is the cigar so good? It's a great cigar. Yeah. <laughs> it's so inexpensive. Why is it so I, good? I really, really try. And you know, uh, a lot of people just embrace the fact that they'll, they'll smoke the label on a cigar, meaning, you know, I see that this is this and so therefore I'm going to like it. And I really try to take that out of the equation when I'm trying cigars, trying new ones and stuff. Mm-hmm. And even to the fact, like, recently we've had some CAO cigars. I, they were off my list for a long time because right. of their quality control quality and things yeah. like that. Um, but I'm always willing to try. And I really try to make the the this cigar is like a new cigar every time for me to try it. Try to have that childlike mm-hmm. mentality uh, with it, you know. And, we should do that with each other. We should we should do a show where we take the bands off the cigars. I'll bring the cigars for you. You bring the cigars for me. You can buy me like more expensive cigars. Okay. And I'll buy you some real cheapos. Okay. And we'll just see how that works. All right. Uh, I got to do something to balance. During the pandemic, uh, we had a show where we had the uh, uh, where we had he the guys on go. from the Dalmore. And I went out and bought, because we weren't going to be in the same studio, so they weren't able to bring the whiskey. I went out and bought a bottle of their cigar malt, which is a wonderful and very expensive, uh, very expensive. And I poured half of it into a container and left it down at the uh, concierge at my building for Ian to come and pick up so we could both taste it during the show. A week or two later, uh, Ian provided the drinks for that show because we did a... Uh, malt liquor uh, comparative <laughs> oh boy. taste test. So uh, yeah, I I've still got to do something to balance the scales because I bought so you, you cigar you, malt and you brought and you bought me. Uh, oh, it, it, oh, I oh, wish it had oh been Schlitz. It was like old English and I dropped, and, I dropped off a whole oh, like slew of them. It what I really wanted days to do is put them that. in a basket and arrange it in like a gift basket and make sure I set it up there with a balloon or something <laughs> on top of it. Uh, should have done that. They should have. It would have been. Uh, they would have been laughing down at the <laughs> down at the concierge desk. And All right, you, real quick. We have something <coughs> coming out. We're going to try to do it last year. It's an advent calendar leading up, and liquor companies have done this. Yeah, yeah, with little whiskey samples or whatever. Yeah, and we're getting ready to do this next year. A cigar advent. Calendar? A cigar advent. Oh my God! So leading up to Christmas, ever. you're every day a different ever. cigar. I'm totally in. I love it. All right, we got to take a break. We will return with what has become. Surprisingly to me, one of the most popular segments on the show, Drinking News, will be in our next segment. Plus, we have another beer to taste. Our beer is the uh, Revision Brewing Company's Finite Madness, or Finite Madness, but I think it's finite for you're supposed finite. to pronounce. Uh, but not infinite madness, finite madness. And it's an imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels from Revision Brewing. And of course, Drinking News. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back, my friends. It is smoking and toasting. We are the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. We are enjoying some great cigars from Oliva, and you know, it just—it's not like I needed to be reminded of this. But every time I smoke one of these Serie V cigars, I'm just reminded of what it, what a great cigar this is. I mean, it's just—I uh, don't know if there's a cigar you can buy at this price that out that outperforms this. Especially that Maduro, it's just very rich and there and as you smoked it you've probably gotten different flavors as it heats up a little bit towards the end, mm-hmm. a little bit more spice. Yes. Yeah, it is spicier in the last third for sure. I love and that I love that. I yeah, love I was that gonna say this is a this is a completely welcome thing for me. So if you were here during the <clears throat> uh, during the break, uh, then you got to see me struggling with this um, but what I want to—I just want to point out to you guys: look how thick the wax is. On That's this beer. crazy. They—they <laughs> they want you to really be anticipating this beer you gotta by the time it. you get it open. So I'll let you go ahead and open and pour, and then we'll do drinking news. All right. So that way you can—you uh, um, know—I I realize you've got to set the mic down even to do these things. So it's an important part of the show that we allow you to fulfill your. Uh, beer pouring destiny. <laughs> Contractual as, beer pouring, as, as well as wow, your, that's. Uh, your, uh, I love this already. Yeah, this does. Yet, this does scream Ian, doesn't it? Um, <clears throat> my friend here is the uh, the lover of big beers and dark beers, and uh, I don't know that he's met a an imperial stout he hasn't liked. At this man, point. not not many, not <clears throat> many happen. This imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels. This is the uh, Revision Brewing Company. Finite Madness. Oh boy, this smells beautiful. 2021 barrel aged. Oh, this is exciting. We'll get so, back to that in a second yeah, here. So, uh, and I will tell you. Talk, is, are we going to talk? Uh, are we tasting first? Or are we doing? Oh, you know what? It's here. Let's taste. Oh wow! It smells that like a chocolate brownie. That so compliments this Maduro. Oh beef. boy, you are not kidding! Holy cow! Oh, wow. That it's is like got, chocolate cake. Oh my gosh! Mm. It's got a very different. You know, a lot of times. When you have a beer and you say it's got a chocolate flavor to it, it's either a sweeter chocolate, like a milk chocolate, or it's that you know grittier sort of cacao. Uh, uh-huh. This is more like a a bar of dark dark chocolate from Ghirardelli's. Right. You know, it's just got a a richness to it that's that, that really hard to explain. That sweetness in there is so big, and just a mm. hint of coffee on the back. Mm-hmm. Mm. The coffee is definitely and on vanilla. the finish. Yeah, there is some vanilla in there. So this was aged in bourbon barrels. It's got that. It's <clears> got <throat> that like when you let that chocolate just melt in your mouth, you know, and it gets yes. that real silky kind of feel. It's mm-hmm. got that as a mouth feel. It's pretty amazing. Reminds me a little of the uh, the Girl Scout cookie s'mores. <laughs> it's got a little of that almost marshmallowy chocolateness. Pouring too. myself a second, sir, mm-hmm. before I get down to my next duty. And your next duty is, of course, the theme song. For the now world famous drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. All right, lay it on me. You're getting really adept at the th- at the song, by the way. <laughs> now that you've it's performed taken, it a few times, you yeah. know, like 237, 40-something episodes. <laughs> yeah, I'm a uh, fan of of Ryan Reynolds, uh, the actor. I've seen him in a number of things. I even enjoyed 
Green Lantern, which make would make me like that's one really of, weird. One of two people. How did you enjoy Green Lantern? I don't know. I just enjoyed you were him. Drunk. I, I may have been. <laughs> I may have been. I did. I did see it at one of those theaters where they serve uh, alcohol. Oh, you saw it at the drinking. theater even? Yeah, oh my yeah. gosh! Oh, Paid well, for it. I'm, I'm sorry. A big, I'm a big comic book fan uh, guy. Which, by the way, I'll just throw this out before we begin the drinking news. Um, as a comic book fan, there's not a lot of great DC comic movies and and TV shows. Right. There's plenty of good Marvel ones. But DC has been lagging in that area. I am now through the first season, and I found it on HBO Max, of Titans, which is DC's kind of younger superhero team. It's Robin and Wonder Girl and, and Changeling. It's really good. This show is incredibly good. And so I just recommend it to yeah. any of you and, who don't think DC can make a good movie uh, I don't watch movie a or TV whole show. lot of those series, uh, mostly because... I just gotta wait until there's an ending to them because I, when I start watching something, I don't really want there to be an ending. Well, you can watch the Falcon and the Winter Soldier because that it's one season and they kind of wrap the story up. Nice. See, so I like that. Yeah. I'll have it's to like check that out. six, eight episodes, but they wrap it up by the end, so it's good. But Ryan Reynolds, despite the fact that he was Green Lantern, uh, has been in a number of great movies. One of the things I really like about him is I've seen him on some talk shows and stuff, some late night talk shows, and he's really funny. He's got a great sense of humor. Yes. And his sense of humor has shown up in a new ad that he's done for his gin company. He uh, is a part owner of a gin company. And just in time for Father's Day, which I won't be here for next week's show, which is the last show before Father's Day, so I wanted to pass this on. He's come up with what he describes as the perfect gin cocktail for Father's Day, and it's called the vasectomy. <laughs> uh, and he's demonstrated right. in a video that you can find on YouTube uh, just just a uh, uh, YouTube search, Ryan Reynolds vasectomy, and you'll find this, and it's worth watching. Uh, he demonstrates how to make the cocktail, uh, and he shared the recipe for this drink, named after, of course, the male sterilization uh, procedure, in an ad for his gin, which is Aviation American Gin. His tone shifts from instructive to attempting to hold it together as he sarcastically reflects on the joys of fatherhood from behind the bar. It's Father's Day, but if you don't mind, we're going to celebrate with the mother of all cocktails, the vasectomy, he says. First, <laughs> fill a glass with ice the way children fill our lives with so much joy. <laughs> Next, pour one ounce of cranberry juice, sweet just like their little smiles. <laughs> then pour three ounces of tonic, so bubbly. And then he laughs before completing another take. He says, then pour three ounces of tonic, so bubbly I just feel like that every day after I wake up after a long night of full sleep. He's the father of three, by the way. Now add a dash of lemon juice. Fresh if you have a few minutes to squeeze one, or store-bought if the little one's having you running around today, those little scamps. The final part of the recipe calls for one and a half ounces of Ryan's gin, Aviation American gin. Uh, finally, he says we're going to take an ounce and a half of the gin, the world's highest rated gin for the world's highest rated job, Dad. Despite the recipe calling for just one and a half ounces of alcohol, he continues to pour well past <laughs> an ounce and a half. Heavy pour. Uh, this meant he needed to do a second take, but this time he had a steel jigger to properly measure the pour. Uh, and then he says we're going to garnish it with a little slice of sunshine. He takes a drink of the uh, cocktail and says, now that is as refreshing as fatherhood. A little something I call a vasectomy for no reason at all. And he, then he closes by saying, when people say it, see this, they're going to say, has he been outside? Uh, outside of his actor as a job and gin entrepreneur, he is a doting dad of three daughters with his wife, Blake Lively. So I'm sure my description of it 
does not do it justice. It's something you should watch. Something you definitely have but to just watch, the right? fact that his cocktail for the uh, for the Father's Day holiday is called the vasectomy makes it perfect for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. That was time for drinking news. By the way, his kids are gorgeous, which you would expect uh, from Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. There's a photo of them on the uh, article that I was looking at here, which was from the Daily Mail. But uh, go look at the video. You'll enjoy it. It's definitely worth a couple of minutes of your time. Um, Cheers, y'all. Yeah. So um, I, I had a story prepared for drinking news this week because that's actually when I, when I put together the notes for the show, that's always the thing that takes me the longest is finding a drinking news a story that I think will make you laugh because it can be like a bizarre story or whatever. But if you don't laugh, it, it feels like it falls flat, you know? True. You can uh, you can always send me that story for uh, next week's. Oh, or I could hold on to it until I'm back. Or you could hold on to it. I was going to ask. I was going to ask what it was. <laughs> uh, it's it's about a uh, a reporter in uh, the Netherlands who does a special radio report as she investigates a swingers club. You know I what? I can't wait to hear that. I heard about this. Okay. All right. Don't give it away. I heard about this. <laughs> It's a good story. She got in a little trouble, I think. I, I think so. Bruce Stark <laughs> mentions Girl Scout cookie packages should say one serving per container on oh, the box. Oh, man, no kidding. <laughs> no kidding. That's been the hardest thing, you know, because I've been really trying to cut down on sweets. And the hardest thing is we still have Girl Scout cookies left oh, over no. because we've got, you know, plenty of friends with girls of that age who are selling them. And so you can't say no. It's so hard to stop at one or two. So difficult. I don't, I don't think they have a gluten-free option either, do I they? I don't think they do, no. They Well, actually, I take that back. They do. Do they really? It's a chocolate, little chocolate chip cookies, kind of like a famous Amos-shaped uh-huh. chocolate chip. And, and it's they're, they're, they're not famous Amos, but they're not bad. For gluten-free, they're not bad. You know, since I've gone gluten-free, my tastes have really changed. I can actually eat the chocolate chip cookies and fairly enjoy them now. But, I mean... Gluten-free pretzels, come on, they're, yeah. they're terrible. <laughs> I mean, when I'm, when I'm drinking a beer, when I rarely do, just some salty uh, pretzels are the best. Now, there are a number of gluten-free beers out there. Uh, and we've tried one or two of them, and they have not been bad. I mean, they're not like super full-flavored beers, but they're not bad in terms of yep. being refreshing and, and crisp. You know, so... It's worth checking. Uh, Ovation, I think, is the omission. Omission, thank you. Omission, uh, yeah. That does all gluten-free beer. There's a market for everything. Yeah, boy, there is. So uh, this revision is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I just keep drinking it. Aged in uh, Woodford Reserve barrels. That's not bad pedigree, right? No. Uh, this release is velvety, viscous, and rich with dark chocolate and roasted coffee, roasty coffee notes, and of course, delicious vanilla, caramel, and oak character. I. So I think we've, we've mentioned about all of those when we were... But they I want more of this. They don't mention well, yeah. chocolate at all, do they? No, he said dark chocolate. Oh, oh yeah. that Roast, was, Okay. He <laughs> says uh, dark chocolate and roasty coffee. Uh, and it comes in at a paltry 13%. Oh, that's all. It doesn't come off that boozy. Though. It doesn't really come off I can't believe you drank that whole bottle already. Yeah, yeah I'm working on it. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, I have a problem apparently with my cup. Is your, is your drink broken? It. Yeah, it's got a hole in it. I'm going to pour it right over his phone just to make him nervous. Hey, that's fine. <laughs> it's a company phone. <laughs> Actually, well, I'm, I'm case, super well. glad that the, like most phones are at least water resistant up to a certain percent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to try that, though? Well, uh, then I have actually, <clears throat> yes. Underwater think, pictures. 
I haven't done underwater pictures, but I've dunked it before. Well, the newest iPhone they show in the commercial, they show dropping it into water. You know, I went to uh, uh, I went to uh, a resort in Mexico a few years back, and I had my phone in one of the. Uh, I can't remember. It wasn't the Otter Box, but one of the other ones where it was completely sealed. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it just would freak everyone out when I'm standing in the pool talking with everybody, and I reach down in my pocket. You know. What was yeah, the name of that? <laughs> it's to- and it had a little screw thing that exactly. you had to plug in to exactly, charge it. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And they were great. Unless, um, unless you don't totally get that sealed, <laughs> which really I did is, one time. It really is time for me to upgrade my phone. I think the latest iPhone is the 12, and I still have the 7. Um, but the good news is I'm still getting five, six minutes of battery life on it. There so, you go. Five or six uh, minutes. Until the next update, then they'll lower yeah, it to three. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then they'll say, oh, well, we did that on purpose, but... If you pay us, we'll give you a discounted rate on a new battery. Yeah, that's right. That's my favorite thing about <clears throat> And Apple. it's always, always good to know that they're uh, that they're right there with you. So, <laughs> you know. It's for an extra thousand bucks. For an, yeah. Uh, I don't know how they've convinced us that we need to upgrade our phones every time. A thousand dollars for a phone, conservatively speaking, every two years. Right. Like, that's what we need. That's apparently, crazy. Apparently, we do. <laughs> Does that make you not want the newest phone? Um, you know, I do want the newest phone, but again, I, I have managed to not upgrade for the past, what, almost six, seven uh, times. So, so what's, the, what's the single most feature that you would look forward to on the newest phone? You know, one of the things, and I'll say this in, in give Apple credit for this, is that most of the features of the new phones you get with their software updates. So you don't have to wait until you buy a new phone to use a lot of things. But I think the the better camera yep. uh, and the better battery life are probably the biggest things. I would my be, daughter looks at I my phone and says, for. "I'm not cool because I don't have the three lenses for the oh, camera." Oh yeah, right. I I've only got the two. single one. Yeah, <laughs> I've only got one. So. I don't even know what my. Oh, you're way out of date. I'm impossibly behind. If you don't have three, apparently, the kids, you're not cool. Apparently. <laughs> you know, uh, so like with, with my phone, uh, <clears> this is a few years old, and I've been super happy with it. It does. Uh, uh, pictures, it does videos, it streams everything, and then every once in a while I make a call on it, it does that too. What? You can call on these it's things? It's really weird. Wow. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you have a pocket-sized computer <laughs> that you can use to call people. You know, uh, so you were talking earlier about how, how much you use your iPad for almost everything and mm-hmm. don't use the uh, for uh, sure the computer as much. I do most things that I need to do get done on my phone because it's in my pocket and and if I'm going from here to there, and, and I have a big iPad, like this, it's nice to have this iPad, but I use it for reading music charts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's not the handiest thing to carry around. It's an enormous. <laughs> it's great for reading magazines, though. Like, but look at the size of this thing. Oh yeah, that's an enormous. That's that's. I have I have a laptop that doesn't have a screen that big. <laughs> yeah, you know, so good for movies. Yeah, it movies is. Oh, yeah, it's great for stuff like that. Uh, but but carrying mm-hmm. it around, it's not as good. I have a tiny iPad that's that's pretty far outdated that I need to probably something new every year the texas whiskey festival hosts a competition to determine who has the best texas bourbon rye and malt whiskey they use a panel of judges and conduct uh, the competition with a method known as blind judging the brands and specific whiskeys they're tasting are unknown to the judges and the panel smells and tastes their way through each whiskey rating the aroma taste complexity and finish here are their winners for 2021 in the categories the category of bourbon, grain to glass. Uh, number three, Balcones Distilling, Texas Pot Still Bourbon. Balcones is awesome. Number two, Silver Star Whiskey, 1849 Straight Bourbon. 
don't think I've tried that. And number one, Garrison Brothers Balmorea, Texas Man, straight so bourbon. Yeah, uh, pretty cool. In bourbon, in the category bourbon, aged and bottled in Texas. Uh, number three was Iron Wolf Ranch and Distillery Select Bourbon. Number two, Milam and Green Triple Cask Straight Bourbon. And surprising me a bit at number one, Rebecca Creek 10-Year Straight really? Bourbon. Really? Yeah. Now, this is not the standard Rebecca Creek. This is their 10-Year. Right, year. But uh, we may have to try some of that on the show. In the category of rye whiskey, grain to glass, Ranger Creek Distilling. They're so good. Their 44 Texas rye comes in at number three. Gulf Coast Distilling, Giant Rye 100. I want, I want to tell you that's 44 caliber Texas 44, rye. Yeah, I know. It's a .44, but you're right. <laughs> 44 caliber Texas rye. Uh, the Gulf Coast Distilling, Giant Rye 100 is number two. I've never heard and of And at number one, the Balcones Distilling, Texas Rye 100. Go Balcones, man. Yeah, they're, they're showing up a lot here. Rye whiskey aged and bottled in Texas. Uh, number three, I have not tried. It's the Oak and Eden Rye and Spire. Seen it, haven't tried it. Uh, number two, Yellow Rose Distilling Rye. So apparently they showed up for that. And uh, number one, uh, we have friends at this distillery, the Treaty Oak Distilling Shenley Reserve Rye. Nice. So we're going to have to have him back on the show because we yeah, have not tried the Shenley Reserve. Uh, what we tried was uh, terrific. Uh, a couple of other categories, the Malt Whiskey Grain to Glass. Number three, Balcones Distilling Lineage Single Malt. Nice, I haven't tried that. Number two, Andalusia Whiskey Company Striker Smoked Single Malt. I haven't even heard of that. And number one, Ranger Creek Distilling Rimfire Mesquite Smoked Single Malt. I've had that before. Is that if you like mesquite smoked whiskey, it's yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, in the category of other whiskeys, including whiskeys aged in used barrels, blended whiskey, and light whiskey, number three, Rebecca Creek Small Batch, their second appearance here. Number two, Remington Family Distillers, Remington Revival. And in number one, the Austin 101 Light Whiskey, made grain to glass in Texas. So there are your winners for the Texas uh, Whiskey Festival. I haven't had any Blind in the last tasting category. of Texas uh, whiskey. Yeah, that's the other whiskeys category, the stuff that doesn't necessarily fit the into mesquite, any of the predetermined The mesquite category. whiskey uh, is, is an interesting thing because it doesn't go well with cigars. I wouldn't think so. No, right. no. Any of the uh, smoked whiskeys, things like that, they just don't uh, because the smoky flavor always interrupts. However, it goes well with steak dinner. Yeah. It does go well with steak dinner. I bet it, I bet it does. Do you, guys I, like, do you guys like any of the bacon-infused whiskeys? I, I don't know that I've had I don't think I've had it, but that as much as I love bacon, I don't... Yeah, I mean, I, I love bacon, but putting it in, yeah. Bacon does doesn't. usually make everything better. I not, just don't know that. if that would be one of the things. Yeah. Now, I will tell you what I've tried, and I was okay with it. I wasn't crazy about it. But I was reading an article where Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters absolutely loves it, and that's that peanut butter whiskey. Screwball, oh, we, didn't, yeah. Yeah. we didn't review that well on the show. Yeah, I, thought I was okay with it, but no, I wasn't crazy I about it. No, I was not. Matter of fact, I went home with the bottle, and then I gave it to some friends... Uh, that that do a lot of like game nights and stuff, and yeah. they couldn't even get rid of it. They gave it, they gave it back. <laughs> they gave it they back. regifted. So unless unless you know that Dave Grohl likes it, apparently it's, it's well. We could always send him a bo send him the bottle of what's left. I'm sure he would enjoy it. But uh, <coughs> all right, we're going to take a break and come back to wrap up the show. Uh, Trenton Smith with Laliba is here with us. It sure is fun having you back on the show. It's great to be here, and uh, we have uh, certainly been enjoying the cigars. I've managed to just burn through this one, Ian. You, you have been you're, uh, pacing yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm on my second one. I know. And I smoked the biggest one first. I know you did. 
So madness. You've, uh, yeah, yeah, madness. We'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting, and uh, it's show number two hundred and thirty-seven. After three hundred. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. I love when we were able to do show live. And big thanks to uh, Jorge and his staff here at uh, uh, Stogie's for allowing us to uh, uh, to do the show here from their lounge, which is a wonderful and very relaxed place to enjoy a cigar and, and yeah, this place is and, awesome and take it all in. Thanks um, to Jorge, man. If you if you guys get a chance to come out and see Jorge or Jenny, uh, yeah. Jenny's awesome. Yeah, they're fantastic. Uh, wanted to also thank our guest from last week, Robert Licorice from Iron Root Republic Distillery. So Who brought awesome. along some great samples of upcoming things. And that's always fun when we get to try something that's not even out there yet. It makes me feel very Chris Hart-like. Yeah. <laughs> try something that no one can get that their no hands on. no one can on. get their hands yeah. on. <laughs> well, man, they have, they have a few uh, expressions coming out that I am super excited about. Uh, if you listen to that show, you'll, you'll be able to tell that I can't wait until those are available. And I guess if you've got a new cigar coming out, um, we may have to have you on, back on soon to try it. I don't know if I'll be able to get my hands on yeah. it. <laughs> you did say it was going to be some somewhat of a limited supply. Very right? limited. Yeah. So I always think that's interesting when companies do that. They release, you know, a very small batch of cigars. But in your case, you still kept it reasonably priced. That, that almost seems to just go against well, and, and conventional wisdom. And it's a small batch just because it's a 135th anniversary you know celebration. It's fly off the shelves too. Yeah, it's mm. not going to be a... It's not going to be out there all I, over the place. I will say sixteen dollars on the secondary market. Yeah, I will say if <laughs> yeah. you uh, if you spot it at your local tobacconist, definitely grab a Snap few. Snap it up, yes. yeah, because and, it won't be around for long. It won't be around for long. You can reach us at PO Box. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I I really it, it's really been fun though being here today. We've tried uh, three very good beers, a very good whiskey, and uh, I've just enjoyed the hell out of this uh, Serie V. It is correct to say Siri V. Yes, it's not that five. Is, that is the correct way to say it. <laughs> and I it is, wondering. and it is or Oliva. It's not Cinco either, right? No. no. Okay. And so it's Oliva, was, not Olivia. Olivia. Yeah, a I lot was, of people. I was clued into the fact that it's Siri V by the fact that they have Siri O and Siri G, and those don't correlate to like a Roman <laughs> easily to numbers. If, if they are Roman numeral, I don't know what those <laughs> numerals are. We're not yet there with the Olympics. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's probably good. I don't know if the Olympics is going to be there. I don't know. Who knows? Is there a reason it's called Serie V? Uh, Do we know? I'm sure there is, but I'm not sure what it is. Gotcha. I, I don't know what the... It does, does sound very elegant. It does. And it looks great. So. Yeah, well, and it's a wonderful smoking cigar. I've been with this one for the whole show. Still burning wonderfully. And down the into razor this... razor-tight burn on that. Down into this last nub, it is just so wonderfully spicy and complex. I like how you put a nub in uh, there. Yeah. Well, you know, some cigars are not great in the last third. Correct. They get too hot. But I love the ones that are still smoking great. Yeah. That can be my favorite part because the flavors can be so full more intense, in the final yeah. third. And if they don't get too hot and harsh, it's a really, really wonderful thing. Mm. Awesome. All right, Ian. Next week, uh, I am not on the show, and I will actually be gone. I won't be pod crashing. Uh, so you're going to be... Uh, hosting the show with a guest host, is that right? I am. Do you yeah. want to announce? Mystery guest. Actually, uh, so it's a friend of mine named Joel Swift. He uh, is uh, one of the owners over at Eureka Heights. Oh, man, am and I going to miss Eureka Heights beer next week? Well, I don't know that we're going to do a whole bunch of Eureka Heights beer because uh, we were talking and he wanted to highlight uh, Balveni since they'll be on. Yes. 
And uh, so we're going to talk about that, but uh, I may see if I can persuade him to bring some fun stuff in. This uh, this gentleman also has a collection of amazing beers that that he just loves and enjoys. He's he's one of those people that uh, that he has tons and tons of amazing beers, and and he's such a beer nerd, and he's absolutely wonderful to sit down and have beers with. Well, you're uh, partially because he provides them because his beers are always better than yours. Yeah, um, and then partially because uh, not the he malt is, whiskey. <laughs> he is, yeah, he is uh, an absolute enthusiast. He yeah. loves loves beer, so it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to have him on the show. And he's pretty excited about uh, speaking with Belvini too. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Neil Strachan from Belvini will be joining you guys, and uh, so it should be a fun show. Mm-hmm. I will be uh, watching from uh, from afar. From afar, you yeah. Comment. Uh, oh yes, you can, you better believe that. So, um, want to thank you again, uh, Trenton, for coming on the show. Uh, it has been too long since we had you on, so we'll try to not wait so long next time. It almost uh, feels like normal. Yeah, I mean, this almost feels like a normal situation that we're right. in right now. The world is slowly returning to normal. Slowly at least, to normal. At least for the vaccinated. But, but now we're in that awkward space where do I bring a mask? Do I not bring a mask? Well, I know. So now I just try to keep, keep one, one in, in the car. Pocket. Yeah, just in case. Uh, by the way, the, the one of the latest shirts at MyCigarShirts.com, our sponsor, <clears throat> it says, vaccinated, caffeinated, and ready to smoke. There you nice. go. Uh, so, uh, so that's just one of the shirts you'll find there. Do check them out because they are a wonderful sponsor of the show. And uh, thanks to Adam, our uh, producer, who uh, has had a, uh, a, a rather uh, uh, weird week uh, and still managed to be here for the show today. So thank you, Adam. We appreciate that. Uh, you know, you're... Uh, your fill-in, Tom, is nice and all, but we feel better about it when you're here. So, uh, Thank you to everyone for tuning in for, what, 237 shows, is it now? Yeah, yeah halfway to wow. 300. Halfway to 300. All you got to do is divide 300 and a half and get 237, you know exactly where we're at. So I guess we have to decide. We didn't do the big celebration for show 200 because we were in lockdown. Are we going to do something at 300? Uh, we can, you know, we got a 250 coming up. Well, yeah, that feels too early to celebrate that. I think we wait till we hit 300 and then and just make it yeah just make it an all-out is it really ever too early to celebrate well perhaps not i, I just know <laughs> that when we did the 100th show you know we invited everybody who'd been on the show at any point in time of course not everybody could make it but uh we had about 20 people there there were bottles everywhere there were cigars everywhere absolutely and ridiculous the show was about wonderful. four hours long it was crazy <laughs> But it was great fun, and so uh, we'll come. Maybe up we with could do a mini celebration at the whiskey sniff and do a show right before the whiskey sniff. Ooh, that sounds fun. We could couple that together. And I like that idea. All right, we'll get working on that. In the meantime, thank you to everybody for being here, and uh, we appreciate you watching and listening to the show. And until we meet again, my friends, cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Happy smoke. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah.